0: Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Lord willing, I'll be pretty specific about some things today. Uh, we are in a ramp season and coming into a relaunch season. We're in a ramp season that's producing a relaunch season. We're reprioritizing things with some of the gifting of, of what God has brought here with Jeff and with um, just all the different people. And, and some of you, some of you have already been a part of this. You don't even know it. You've been a part of it through your prayer. You've been a, some of you have been a part of this by some of the new people that have been coming. Some of you have been a part of this by some of the older people that you're coming back. And your presence makes a difference. And some of you who've been here and you've never left, even though you probably had a thought or two about it. I remember being at an elders gathering a long time ago. We sat around a fire. We went through, just came through a difficult season. This was before COVID. And we sat around the fire and, and just said, elders, let's be honest. Let's be open. And so one at a time. I think we let the biggers go first. And that was a bad idea because it set it off in a, just a wrong direction. Um, but... Uh, they just started saying about, it was like just a sad sob story of just like all the pressure and being overwhelmed and overworked and underappreciated. And like, and basically it was the same thing. Like, my gosh, ministry is just so hard and so difficult. And especially with the pastors that we have and, and going through all this, it was kind of like, they're just in a really heavy place in a really hard place. And they, they, and she, I don't know if it's she or him, it's probably Joan, said, <laughs> said something about like, and we've even questioned if we're supposed to be at Faith Center. And it's like, ooh, that's a little awkward, around an elder's fire. It's A little awkward, but we just let it go, and next was just went around the circle. And everyone said basically the same thing. And so we're like, wow. Wow. So it came around, all everyone was really honest, and we're sitting here all like, Okay, here's the elephant in the room. Here's the reality in the room. All the elders have been considering it to one degree or another for one reason or another. Like, maybe we shouldn't be a faith center. And so Jeff get this as a senior pastor, Sarah and I were sitting there like, okay, now it's our turn. And I didn't know what they were expecting, but I looked over at Sarah like, should we tell them? And she was like, yeah. We've been thinking about leaving faith center. <laughs> and that was the first honest real conversation that helped us to start addressing different things that we keep addressing to this day because life in ministry can be hard. How many of you have ever felt like giving up? Don't lie. Okay, well, we're not going to give up. We're going to grow up. Matter of fact, if you're sitting by somebody who you possibly think might they might need to grow up, just lean over and say, grow up in Jesus' name. So I'm going to get to your notes in a second, but I want to start reading the scripture. First John uh, chapter two, the whole chapter is really good, but for sake of time, first John chapter two, starting in verse 12, first John chapter two, starting in verse 12, when you got it, say got it. I write to you little children, everybody say little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers. Everybody say fathers. Because you have known him. Not just known about him, you have known him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men. Everybody say young men. Because you have overcome the wicked one. Now watch, he goes into it again. He he repeats it for, for real um, for to bring focus and priority to it. I write to you little children because you have known the Father. I write, uh, I have written to you fathers because you have known Him who is from the beginning. And I have written to you young men because you are strong. And the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. This rest of it is good. Let's just, I feel froggy. Let's read it. Verse 15, do not love the world. And let me say it this way: or any other thing that is only associated with this world. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling too froggy. I'm going to say something, I'm going to try to back away. Go back to the notes, go back to the notes. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. There are See, once we get bored again, we are no longer of this world, but we are Jesus. His disciples said, Are you now going to restore Rome? Are you now going to make Jerusalem great again? I know I make some of y'all mad when I talk about this stuff. But I want, to get, I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, they would fight. If you're fighting for anything in this world or of this world, that is not 100% absolutely kingdom. There are fights of the kingdom that we make in this world and even fights of the kingdom that we need to stand up in this nation and make fights for. But please make sure it's in the king's name and for the king's heart. Don't be building your kingdom. Don't be building the kingdom of America. You are, as you'll see today, an ambassador of Christ who is called to build the kingdom of God in this temporary time you have on earth you better pick your fights well you can get some you can get your great your favorite politician your favorite policy and i'm for that i'm for that we should make stands we should make fights we should speak the truth we should make stands we have a, a nation that we can make our voice heard we need to make it heard but not at the expense of having all the right policies and all the right stuff and all the right columns of what we want and then souls go to hell the most important thing we fight for is a soul. So you can win your political argument and lose the soul. That doesn't mean we don't stand up and, and speak and stand up and, 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 and speak to things. We absolutely do. But how you stand is really important. And a soul is the most valuable thing on this planet. So do not love the world, nor the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. (sighs) Let that rabbit go. Little children, he's writing, he's writing here, and and I I want you to receive it the way he writes it. I want you to receive this the way he writes this. He's writing this um, to, to grow the body, to build the body, to strengthen the body, to, to mature the body. So there's three simple uh, stages of, sp- of sp- spiritual stages of maturity that you see him talking about. It's not physical stages, it's spiritual cha- stages. Because physical stage, it speaks to age. Your age. And that's just going to happen automatically. But spiritual stage is not automatic. Spiritual stage is intentionality. And some of you have been in church a long time but been in a stage too long. And it's time to grow up. And it's time to step up into Maturity. See, maturity always happens in the context of responsibility. Matter of fact, responsibility is the fruit of maturity. Somebody who's taking on more responsibility is showing that they are growing in maturity. Somebody who is irresponsible with the things that at this stage or this age that they should be responsible for, it shows that they're not responsible for what they should be responsible for, and it shows irresponsibility, which is a fruit of of. In maturity. And so we need people to grow up, and you grow up with, with maturity by taking responsibility. Matter of fact, nudge your other neighbor and say, Take responsibility. So he writes little children. And look at your notes. He writes little children. And by the way, physically, when you look up this word, this little children can speak to, you know, some say it speaks to infants and some say it speaks to children. But technically, it can go all the way up to 20 years of age. So I just want to see something real quick. If you are 20 years old or younger, please stand. 20 years old or younger, please stand. All right, y'all are so cute. So cute. Clueless, but cute. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sit down. All right, sit down. So physical, in the physical ramifications, you would be considered little children. Now spiritually, some of you who have stood are actually giants. So, so this little children speaks to the babes in Christ. And, and what this means, when you get born again, when you believe Jesus is Lord, and you believe God raised Him from the dead, When you believe that, you call upon the name of the Lord to be your Savior and be the Lord of your life. And you surrender your life to him. You stop running from him. You stop trying to do it in your own strength. You say, Jesus, I trust your death, burial, and resurrection. And I believe you are Lord and that God raised you from the dead. And so I give my life to you. When you do that, you are born again. Literally, the Spirit of Christ comes to live inside of you, in your spirit. And, and you are what's called a babe in Christ, a child. You are a little child in, in, in the Lord. You're in, in the spirit. You're a little child. And so what this means is you are a believer. The blank there is you're saying, I am a believer. I'm a believer in Christ. I believe him. I'm a believer in Christ and and there's a lot you have to learn and lots you have to grow in but the two things if you read both sections how the two verses that we read and you look at that he he said, sometimes he says the same thing twice and other times he says a, a, a added part so if you put them both together in the verses that we read the little children section there's two things that happen number 1 uh that you believe, or you're, you're a believer, so you know that my sins are forgiven. So as a little child, what you need to know, if you just got born again recently, if you just got born again recently, what you need to know is that that the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus made in His death, His burial, and His resurrection, that it really worked. That your sins are forgiven. Your past, present, and future sins are forgiven. That'll mess with some of you who've been raised in a religious mindset that you got to get saved every week. But all of your sins were, were in future tense when Jesus Christ died for you. So His sacrifice and His blood sacrifice covers your sins. Do you still need to confess your sins? Absolutely. But from a place of, I know He loves me, so, I'm not fearful to come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace that I are. So, I'm receiving what I already have because I know his heart towards me is love. So, I don't come fearing him in love. But just because he loves me doesn't mean he doesn't correct me. Just because he loves me doesn't mean I don't need cleansing sometimes. So what it means is I need that washing of the water of the word. And so I come, but I have to know this, that my sins are forgiven because you have an enemy. You have an enemy that will lie to you and say, look at your behavior, look at your actions, look at you keep doing this. And he'll lie to you, telling you that your sins are not forgiven. That's one side of it. He'll lie to you and just condemn you and condemn you and condemn you. But in Christ, there is no condemnation. And the other side of the corn, what the enemy will do? He'll go to the if that if that strategy doesn't work, the enemy goes to the other side, and this is how he um, deceives little children in the faith. He'll he'll come over and say, "No, yeah, yeah, he's forgiven you. See, once you believe, once you once you know that, wait a minute, my sins are forgiven." And he knows he can't get you with condemnation. Then he comes way over here and gets you with complacency, and says, "Yeah, you know what? Your sins are forgiven. So go ahead and smoke a little." Well, I'll just kids in here. Go ahead and go ahead and whatever. <laughs> go ahead and whatever, because God loves you. God loves you. Do whatever you want to do. And either side is being irresponsible with the love of God. Either side is. But you got to know as a child, as a child who's born again, you have to know like Confidence. My sins are forgiven. Because if you don't, as you start growing in the Lord, ministry will become the attempt for you to cleanse your own self or justify your own self or forgive your own self. It'll be performance based. And you'll be ministering to try to earn forgiveness instead of ministering from forgiveness. So if you're new in Christ, you have to know my sins are forgiven. And so now even when my heavenly father and the Holy Spirit is correcting me and confronting me about the behavior of sin in my life. They, he does it from a place of love. I love you fearlessly. But this thing, this lifestyle, this whatever is sin and it's not my will for your life. And I love you enough to confront you. To say you are forgiven. All the punishment that you deserve went upon my son. You're forgiven, but take responsibility. And the second thing you need to know, just on number one, is that I know God as my father. You have to know God as your father. The best representation of God is a father. The best representation of the church is a family. The whole Bible is a book about a father and a son. And how a father sent a son and a son went on behalf of a father to come to us orphans sold in slavery to sin and redeem us and reconcile us back into the family of God. Your whole Bible is a book about a father and a son. So you have to know that God is not the Godfather. He's not the church boss, the church mob. He's God, my heavenly father. And I know my sins are forgiven. You get a child, a little, a babe in Christ, and they know, they know God is my father. And that my sins are forgiven. Boy, you can build a life and a ministry on that. You can build a life and a ministry on that. Um, And so that means I have a new identity. I have a new identity in Christ. I have a new identity. I'm not who I was, so that means now that I'm born again, and even though I'm a babe in Christ and it's all new for me, I I must no longer look at myself and see myself the same way I did before I was born again. I'm I'm a new creation. It's going to take a little bit for the fruit to come out to show that in my actions and in my behaviors, but I know in my spirit I've been made new. And so now I'm going to deal with some old problems with a new identity. Because I've been made new. And I'm dealing and taking authority. I'm taking authority uh, over these behaviors that need to be torn out from my life. And these beliefs that need to be replanted in my life. I'm taking behavior over the old that's at work in my body. Because there's something new working in my spirit. And from a place of God, you are my father who loves me. And my sins are forgiven. From that place, I take authority over the old in my life. I'm telling you, it's incredible. The second one, young men. Young men means I am a disciple of Christ. Caitlin used that verse, had no idea what I was teaching on, used that verse in John chapter 8 during worship and talked about the abiding. If you abide in my word, you truly you are my disciples. And she said something about not just like, you know, thinking about it or, or You know, it's not just intellectual knowledge, it's it's the word of God abiding in you. It's you have the word of God, you hide his word in your heart. So anybody who's ever struggled with addiction in this room, you put the word of God in the same place you put addiction. Anybody who's ever struggled with pornography or sexual sins, you put the word of God in the same place you put that sexual sin. Anybody who ever struggled with greed, you put the word of God in the same place where you put that greed. If you sur- surrendered yourself to sin, then the least you do is take the, the word of the king and put it in the same place where you used to serve the things in this world. And you, you chew on it, you meditate on it. It's, you're a disciple, you now add discipline. See, the difference between a believer and a disciple is a disciple adds discipline to their faith. And a disciple physically, this thing about young men and and it can speak to, um, you know, men and women and stuff. But the thing about young people, this thing about being a disciple in the Lord and having that confidence, I am a disciple and I'm bearing fruit of discipleship because I'm following the Lord. See, I, I go from being a child, I go from being a child in the faith to being a disciple, See, I have a new identity, but when I when I step into this this realm of being a disciple, I add dis- discipline to my life, and I'm growing up in the Lord. And so, uh, being you never want to lose being childlike. So I'm a child, and I always want. So I want to be a childlike disciple, but I'd never want to be childish. Childlike good. Childish bad. I want to be a childlike disciple, not a childish disciple. And want to, and and so physically, this young young, uh, if I had to put an age to it, it says it's forty and below. So if you're between forty and twenty, if you're forty to twenty-one or twenty-one to forty, please stand up. Took y'all a little longer to get up. That's all right. No one's judging. No one's judging. God is with you. All right? Remember when y'all could like, sit down easy and everything, go ahead and try it. Just take your time, though. Take your time. We don't need any accidents. So you see the difference between little kids and, and this young men group, this young people group. Is, it's not a physical age, but I just demonstrated the physical age. And this is what it says to you, you young men, that, that I am a disciple of Christ. And there needs to be some meaning to that. There needs to be some honor to that. The world may not honor it, but you as a disciple of Christ, you need to honor that. Like, don't be ashamed about it. Like, stand up and with your your life first and with your lips second. I am a disciple of Christ. No, I ain't going to smoke crack with you. Why? I'm a disciple of Christ. No, I ain't going to bar with you. Why? I'm a disciple of Christ. No, I ain't going to go do that dumb stuff that I used to do because I'm a disciple of Christ. Yes, I'll be at church on Sunday because I'm a disciple of Christ. Yes, I tithe 10% of my income because I'm a disciple of Christ. Well, that don't make no sense to me. Oh, you're probably not a disciple of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. God is my Father. My sins are forgiven. I have a new identity. And now and now in this thing, I am strong because I am a disciple of Christ. And it says, I have strength from the abiding. And circle the word abiding. Because it's not just the word that's on your shelf. It's not just the word of God. It's not just the word of God that, that you have there in your office. It's the word that you have put in your heart. It's the abiding word that's in you. It's not you like going to. C- c- like Jamie taught a long time ago, is so good. He talked about putting the word of God in your heart, meditating on the word of God, memorizing the word of God to lock and load your your heart with the word of God, so that in the day of battle or in the day of struggle, you could the Holy Spirit could use it in you and quickly pull it back up, and you could you could say it to the enemy, you could say it to yourself, you could speak the word of God because you're locked and you're loaded. Some of us, it'd be like you're in a battle and you don't have the word of God in you because you're not abiding in the word of God. And the word of God is not abiding in you, and you're you're a disciple in name only, not in function. And so it happens in the day of battle. I just got shot at. Oh my gosh, Pastor John, I'm getting shot at, and I'm over here somewhere. Like, what you want me to do? Are you locked and loaded? Well, no, no. Well, hang on a second, devil. Hold on. I got to go get Google to find out this verse. And now I'm reading a verse, and watch this. I'm reading a verse and trying to throw it at the devil, a verse I never put in my life. I'm throwing it at the enemy. Here's what you got to know. Gosh, I'm chasing all kinds of rabbits this morning. It's all right, cupcakes are coming in Jesus' name. (laughs) And preachers just have seen this. When you use a word... That, you have not, that is not abiding in you. The enemy can take the truth of that word that you just put into the fight and twist it and throw it back at you to deceive you. And you saw a YouTube video, so you think you know something. Your favorite preacher preached something that sounded good, but you don't know it. The enemy will throw it right back at you. And you know what happens? You know what happens, Jeff? I can't go to Hardy's anymore. I can't go to Hardy's anymore. This is just, it's ruining. You know what happens, Jeff? It's funny how they don't, when the trouble comes back at them, they don't run to that YouTube pastor. It's funny. It's funny, things I've preached ten times. Furtick said it and you, thunk it, you think it's awesome. I'll say it that You think it's awesome. I've said it ten times and you ain't heard it. Funny how Furtick, it's just funny how that happens. I'm not saying it because I'm mad. I'm saying it because I want you walking in strength. And the way you walk in strength is you trust who God's put into your life. I'm not against verdict or all the, any of these people. Watch all the people that you want that are preaching the word of God. But the first thing you need to do, I'm telling you, not because I'm in this pulpit. I'm telling you because God made the... When I stop preaching the word, the Lord will remove me from this pulpit. I strongly believe that in a reasonable amount of time, he'll remove me from this pulpit. It's in your best interest to trust the pulpit the Lord gives you. Use other stuff. Don't misunderstand me. Use other stuff. But you need to dial in. Because it helps you abide in the word. And, helps, and then helps you to be strong against the enemy. That's what a disciple does. And then look at that second point. I can overcome the evil one. That overcome is Ko. That word over. It's a Greek word. It means you are present tense. Overcoming. Whooping tail. taking. This, you're doing it. You're, you're winning. You're in the battle. But you're winning. It's the Greek word for Victory. It's in the chaos. You, are, you are overcoming the evil one. So the evil one's coming, but you're overcoming the evil one. Some of y'all get scared when you see the evil one coming, and when it needs to happen, it be like, oh, you want round two? Want some? Come get some. Not in a bold cockiness, but in a confidence. And being like, I have hid the word in my heart. He who is in me is greater than he who is in this world. And this opposition is going to be an opportunity for victory. You know why? I feel like. <laughs> Remember that movie? Who was that, that guy, that actor I like? Denzel Washington. Hmm. You know that movie? He's like, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Oh, yeah. I can't say it like Denzel. I say it like Pee Wee Herman. Yo, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> but that's what you need to be like. You need to be like, I'm a disciple of Christ. <laughs> no more hearties <laughs> for me. <laughs> it means I have a new authority in Christ. And for all the older, more mature people in the room who've been walking with the Christ for years, you're fathers. And a father is, I am an ambassador for Christ. So you're either a believer, a disciple, an ambassador. And so uh, an ambassador is childlike who has taken responsibility for maturity, hiding the word of God in their heart, and they have victories under their belt. And now they're fathers and mothers in the faith. And now they're ambassadors of Christ going on behalf of the kingdom, living as a sent one. And it means this, I've known him who is from the beginning. That phrase is said twice in the scriptures that we read. And what that phrase means is I have personal experience with my father. It's the difference of me when I was young and didn't know nothing. And I didn't understand the things my father was trying to teach me. Suddenly in life, or gradually in life, as I got older, my father got smarter. Funny how that happens. Literally. You probably heard me say this, but it's worth repeating. My dad sitting me down before I went into the military, giving me a spreadsheet with all these numbers and all this stuff, which is just like overwhelming to me. You know, I like coloring books at that time. He gave me this spreadsheet of stuff. And he said, "Okay, if you start putting this much money away for savings, when you go into the military, I'll set up the account. There's this thing called compounding interest. And I'm like, compounding interest, you know, like like Garrett treated his mom. That's how I was doing it. Um, Remember when Garrett talks about that? So I was like compounding interest, whatever. And he went and told me, if you put this much money, you get out of the military, you'll have this much money. And then if you keep saving this much money, you'll have this much money. And he's, you know, all the stuff and, and it's for your future. And then when you get to be 65, you'll be a millionaire and you can you can be good financially. And I was like, Dad, you don't understand. I wasn't even being funny, I was being serious. I was like, Dad, you don't understand. I've got a plan. <laughs> okay, son, what's your financial plan? I'm gonna be in the MBA. <laughs> I can't tell you what he said next. <laughs> But it wasn't godly. (laughs) It's like, what a moron. What a moron. You know, and so what you need to understand when you're when you're walking this, you've got to take responsibility. And so it's one thing to be childlike, another thing to be childish, like I just told you. But a disciple starts walking this stuff out consistently obeying the word of God with the heart of love. Growing in the Word of God. Now you come to be an ambassador of Christ. And when you're an ambassador of Christ, you're, you're, bringing, you're bringing, slinging, and giving the kingdom. You're, you're an ambassador of Christ. And it means more to you to be an ambassador of Christ than to be an American. Because for a lot of people sitting up in church, if this nation does go to hell in a handbasket, many of them, if their comfort Christianity is broken... Many of them will stop tithing if they don't get a tax credit. They'll stop making disciples. Most of them weren't doing it anyways to begin with. Because their their comfort Christianity has fallen. And they no longer will function as an ambassador of Christ. Because they connected it in an unhealthy way to national pride. Which I'm all about national pride. You don't like America? Stop complaining about it. Go live somewhere else. Stop talking about how bad it is. Go live somewhere else. So this thing about being ambassador. So I've known him who's from the beginning. I've, I've, I've known. I have this personal history with him. I don't have a theory. I have an experience. That's I've known him from the beginning. And then that second one, the worship team, go ahead and come on up. I have a spiritual. I have a spirit. I have spiritual children or spiritual offspring. An ambassador of Christ is a father. And a father is someone who has offspring. I can't wait to get to heaven to see all the people in my life that the Lord has used me to to birth into the kingdom. And I'll give you the last blank and then I'll tell you something. I have a new destiny in Christ. I'm an ambassador. I have a new destiny in Christ. So guys... um, Next week, I'm going to talk about, I think, Lord willing, I'm going to to show, tell some stories next week about me growing up in the Lord and and who discipled me and everything. But I want you to understand, these spiritual stages of of, of maturity uh, that are in Christ, God uses people in your life to do this. So I was saved uh, through Don Young. He's the one who led me to the Lord, birthed me into the kingdom, was Don Young. And I will never forget him. Never forget him. I was so thankful. Jeff and I got to go see him a few weeks ago. And I got to tell him. Brother Don you need to know that when I go to Mexico. When I go to the nations and I'm telling. I'm preaching the gospel that your name is mentioned. And as long as there's breath in his body. Your name is mentioned. Because God used you to birth me into the kingdom. And then he sent Sergeant Booth and many other people. To raise me up. To move from being a believer to being a disciple. And I started growing in the Lord and growing in the discipline of the Lord, learning about spiritual warfare, learning about studying the Bible, hearing his voice, learning about how to pray, learning about how to serve, learning about how to give. God sent people into my life and, and these people, I will never forget them. They were in my life for a reason and they were in my life for a season. And I will never forget them. I would not be here today as your pastor if it wasn't for those people. And we met In small groups, like in life groups, and we did life together and we just grew in the word. And then God started using me as an ambassador for Christ to go out and start reaching other people. I remember when I first started going out and God, supernatural stuff was happening. People would get healed. People would get delivered. Stuff would, it was crazy what was happening. And I remember what it was like to have the, the sense of, you know what, as I go, God is with me. I'm an ambassador. I'm an authorized, deputized ambassador of Christ. And I'm going out to reach people, bringing light into the darkness. And so in your life, the picture I want you to get is God wants to use people to bring you into the kingdom to be a little child and then to be childlike and to become a disciple. And your family, listen to me, your family, your business, your friends, your neighborhood, generations are waiting on you to become a believer. Generations are waiting on you, believer, to become a disciple. I know you're in church, but that doesn't make you a disciple. And there's generations that are waiting on you as a disciple to become an ambassador. I'm walking in my ministry, and it's ever-growing. I've not arrived, but I'm not where I used to be. It's ever growing. And my ministry is to awaken and equip you for your ministry. And some of you might be here. Say, I need, to be, I need to become a believer. See, not every one of you is a child of God. Every one of you is a creation of God. But not every one of you is a child of God. To be a child of God, you must make the decision to believe Jesus is Lord that God raised him from the dead and that you are now trusting him to be your Lord and your Savior. You're surrendering your life to him. Some of you are and then you become a believer. He he comes to live inside of you. And if that's you and you need to stop running from God or stop trying to do it in your own works or your own performance, stop trying to change your life for God and give your life to him and let him change your life. And then some of you, you you have given your life to Christ. You are a child of God. But you're not taking responsibility in the holy things of God. You're still chasing the things of the world. You believe in Jesus and think, okay, well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm going to heaven. and, And I'm going to heaven, so I should probably go to church. But the word of God is not abiding in you, and the enemy is whooping your life. And you don't even know it because you're in agreement with him. And you're a believer, but you need to become a disciple. We can show you how to do that. And as some of you are disciples, you're growing in the Lord, but you've kept it to yourself. You're not reaching out to other people. And God wants to release an anointing for ambassadorship in your life. And that ambassadorship could go into the business world. That ambassadorship could go into the political world. Lord knows we need Christ honoring ambassadors of Christ in the political world in leadership all around. There's so much corrupt leadership everywhere in our world that we need godly men and women to stand up as ambassadors to lead. So I want the prayer team to come up and we're going to go into the this, this song of worship. And I want you to just, if you need to respond, to say, I am not a believer and I need to become a believer. I need to give my life to Christ and stop running from God. You can come tell them, I need to give my life to Christ. And don't hesitate. Don't wait. If you're sitting and saying, God, give me a sign. That's pride and rebellion because he's already spoken to your heart. And then some of you who maybe are believers, but you need to become disciples or disciples that you say, you know what? I I need to walk as an ambassador. And I need to get outside of myself and start giving away what God's given me. In any one of these capacities, I want you to come and experience growth. I want you to come and receive prayer. Because church family, I am convinced of this. We're not the only church. We're not the only church here in Paducah. I can't speak to other churches' assignments because I don't have authority in that realm. All I can tell you is this. God has called us to change a region. God has called us to change nations. And I have allowed insecurity and failures from my past to keep me from doing that way too long. And it's over. It doesn't matter. I'm not allowing what other people think about Jesus calling on my life to cause me to walk in insecurity. I know what he's gifted me to do. I know what he's created me to do. And as much as it depends upon me, my beautiful wife and our dogs, We're going to do it because I'm an ambassador for Christ, raising up other ambassadors for Christ. And so, church family, stand. And if you need to come receive prayer and prayer for anything whatsoever you need prayer for, just feel free to come. Father, in Jesus' name, minister to the heart of your people. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Face Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.